Hey everybody, this is Bob Z, the pastor of Joy Christian Fellowship. I want to thank you for tuning into our podcast. I hope it's a word that will encourage you today. Let's remember in these challenging times we're living that God is still in control and that his love for us endures forever. Amen. God bless. Almighty Fortress, you go before us. Nothing, nothing can stand against the power of our God. You shine in the shadow. You win every battle. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. That's a warfare song. You know, the lyrics to that song are about a battle, right? So when I fight... I'll fight on my knees with my hands lifted high. Oh, God, the battle belongs to you. You win every battle. The battle belongs to you. That's what we're going to talk about today. Warfare, fighting, battles. The title of this morning's message is, Battle is the Lord's. Ah, that's good. I'm going to be in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. So, Father, we, we come now to your word, and we, we just spent time worshiping you and, and declaring these truths about you and, and how you win every battle, and uh, nothing is greater than your power. And, and we want to make those our declarations of truth by faith. We don't want to just sing songs. So we speak that out loud, and we ask your anointing on this word that it's for today whether we're few or many, Lord, we, we know this word is alive and it's active. And, and we ask you now to, to send it to us, to target our hearts with it like an arrow. And, and may it penetrate. And may, may we leave here with, with a fresh revelation, maybe a, a greater insight into something we thought we knew all about. But maybe there's something fresh and new for us today. That's what we ask for, a fresh manna from heaven. We need it to come and give us ears to hear what your spirit is speaking to this church this morning. Amen. Amen. Do, do we realize how significant our Sunday morning gatherings are? Now, when we come together on a Sunday morning as a church family, this is our one time a week. When we get to worship the Lord together under one roof. Now, we don't do Sunday night. We don't do Wednesday night. This is a special time together. Now, I know we can worship anywhere, and, and we do, in our car, on the way to work, on the way to school, or to the homeschool co-op. We can worship in the park, worship on the greenway, we can worship at the lake, up in the mountains, we can worship in our homes, but in the backyard. Some of us got together for Bible study Thursday night. We had a sweet time of worship together, didn't we? That was nice. And there may be other gatherings during the week for, for times of worship and, and prayer. A bunch of college students meet every Monday, Tuesday night for prayer and worship. But, but if we're not gathering in other places to worship with others, this is it. This is our once-a-week get-together to put everything else aside for a while. Forget about the cares of the world. They'll be waiting for us. But we have this time to worship our Lord in this family setting, that I like to call it. This is it. So I hope, I hope we all realize that when we come together like this, we're not just singing three or four songs. 
and sitting down. What we're actually doing is, is tapping into a, a, a nonstop flow of continuous worship. Nonstop worship that is taking place around a throne of grace in heaven right now, 24-7, right? I mean, picture, picture this. There's a, there's a river, just a, a flowing river, nonstop worship flowing right now, whether we can see it with our eyes or not, but it's flowing, and, and we tap into that flow, and, and we ride that worship wave for a while, and then we tap out for a while, right? But the worship doesn't stop when the videos end or, or when the musicians put down their microphones and instruments and we sit down. Worship doesn't end then. It never ends. So we're not just this group in this little corner here in East Tennessee singing a few love songs to Jesus. We're engaging with heaven. Did we realize that? We, we're engaging with worship in, in heaven that's going on right now. Think about that. Instead of checking Instagram or sending text messages or thinking about what you're going to have for lunch, we need to remember we're engaging with heaven when we do this. What could be more important than that? I don't know about you, but the Lord has been convicting me about that lately. This whole worship is, is warfare thing and, and how I've been treating it, or maybe more accurately, how I've been mis mistreating it. That's so much more than songs we like to sing. I mean, how would, how would a military battalion expect to win a battle if they were constantly being distracted with other things or, or they were distracting others? I believe God deserves our undivided attention, don't you? I mean, especially when we're entering into worship together. So from now on, let's, let's just block out those distractions. Let's decide we're going we're gonna to press into God for more. We're going to press in for more of him and, and less of the world's distractions because they're all over us. All right, battle is the Lord's. When we enter into worship, we're declaring our love and devotion for El Shaddai, God Almighty, the God of the universe. We're entering into a greater awareness of his presence because he's here. He inhabits the praises of his people. The holy presence of the king of the cosmos, the great I am, is here, right? He's here. Think about that. And we also enter into spiritual combat with the forces of, of darkness that inhabit the earth and inhabit this campus and every other campus. I mean, why, why do you think Bobby and I uh, anoint those doors out there before you walk through them? We're taking authority over any spirits that are opposed to God's plans and purposes for us. We're cleansing this place. I hope that makes sense. Shepherds are supposed to take care of their sheep and provide a safe place for them, right? We, we declare this place as holy ground every Sunday morning. We, we declare this campus as kingdom territory, that Jesus is king over this campus. And we want to fill this sanctuary. It may look like a high school auditorium, but this is a sanctuary. And we want to fill this sanctuary with praise and worship every Sunday morning so that this lingering Holy Spirit residue remains here after we leave because there's going to be a teenager sitting where you're sitting tomorrow. There might be several of them tomorrow and then Tuesday. and when, No, they're off. They're off to Wednesday. Anyway, they're going to be in here. And we don't know what's going on in their life. So much craziness in the world today. Just like this kid Jordan's mom drowning. 
Nobody saw that coming. Um, to some of these kids may be dealing with death in the family. May, some of these girls may found out they're pregnant and don't know what to do. Some, uh, some kid might be strung out on drugs, you know, but they're, they're here. And, and I know there's people that work here that care about these kids. And, and, and we've been positioned here to intercede on their behalf. And that's what we try to do here on a Sunday morning. So we want to fill this sanctuary with, with worship and praise and prayer. So it, it's an influence on these kids to, and the teachers and other people that are in here, the band people and the drama department, that it influences choices they make and, and decisions and, and, and where they decide to go and, and where they decide not to go. And just it's important, you know. And we've been here 16 years. That's amazing in itself. And, and we've had three, we're on our third principle. And all three principles have, have told me that the more prayer on this campus, the better. All three of them, you know. The more, camp, the more prayer on this campus, the better. They know what's up. They know what's up, especially over the last couple years. Goodness. So we've been given permission here, and it don't take much. Two or more, right? Let's see. Yeah, we got enough. <laughs> Just made it. <laughs> we've been given permission here by the top authority figure over this campus. Like I said, we don't have to sneak in. We don't have to hop the fence. They gave us a key. We, we have authority in the spirit realm here. Thank you, Jesus. I hope you all believe that. So before you leave, say a prayer over that seat you're in because some teenager will be here this week and sitting there. We don't know. Pray over that lobby. They gather out in the lobby, out on that covered walkway, waiting for the buses when you get in your car, driving through the parking lot. I know we do the prayer walk every year, but it would be a good habit to get into that when we're here, we, we, we just pray for, for whoever's going to be sitting where you're sitting. They need it. They desperately need it. And, and they're thankful for it. The administration's thankful for it. That's, that's why I've asked several, several times when you drive through those gates out there, declare it. Declare it out loud. Speak it into the atmosphere. We're entering your gates with thanksgiving in our hearts this morning, Lord. They're his gates we're entering into. And we enter your courts with praise this morning. They're his courts. Because I believe praise and thanksgiving will shift the spiritual atmosphere on this campus from all the, the negative, obscene, abusive, and evil stuff that's spoken or shouted or laughed about. Praise and thanksgiving can change that. We'll change things on this campus. We'll change things in this church. Change things in our homes, in our, in our hearts. It's also good for our blood pressure. We spend less time complaining and more time praising and worshiping the Lord. And another thing, did you know that Satan is extremely allergic to godly praise and worship? And I say godly praise and worship because there is worship that is not godly. But it's true, and when we praise the Lord... It makes the devil start to itch and break out in hives and his eyes water, his throat swells up. He hates it. Zyrtec won't help him. Claritin liquid gels won't help him. He's highly allergic to our, our praise and worship. He can't stand it. So we drive him out of here with our praise and worship. That's why he'll do everything and anything he can to try to distract us or even try to annoy us during worship or when we're trying to get ready to come here, am I right? 
Shut up, get in the car, we're going to worship. <laughs> hey, if our enemy can distract us or annoy us, we won't be winning many spiritual battles, will we? No. If he can distract us from worship, we won't be using our, our weapon effectively, will we? We won't win many of those battles. Worship is our warfare. The, the song says our weapon is a melody. That's a melody. Our worship is, is warfare. And I want us to look this morning at this amazing story in the Old Testament about how worship was, was an incredibly effective weapon against some enemies of God's people. And it was during the time of King Jehoshaphat. Well, there's a name you don't hear young parents naming their baby boys. Oh, look how cute he is. Let's call him Jehoshaphat. No, please, can we call him Jehoshaphat? No, you don't hear that. Anyway, this was during the time of the divided kingdom. Jehoshaphat was king over Judah, the southern kingdom, and good old King Ahab and his lovely wife Pelosi, I mean Jezebel, ruled over Israel, the northern kingdom. And for the most part, King Jehoshaphat had a peaceful, prosperous reign. For the most part, he was a man of integrity, and God blessed him. He appointed judges. This is how he instructed his judges. Listen to this. Always think carefully before pronouncing judgment. Remember, you do not judge to please people. You judge to please the Lord. Oh, man. Did you hear that? Imagine if our judicial system today went by those principles. Always think carefully before pronouncing judgment. Remember, you do not judge to please people or special interest groups. You judge to please the Lord, and he'll be with you. That's what he tells you. He'll be with you. So overall, like I said, Jehoshaphat was considered one of the good kings, although he made some serious mistakes too. But his rule and reign was pretty peaceful until something takes place that would really test his faith and really show where and who he really put his faith in. And, and I believe there's some things we can learn from this. There are three groups of people, the Moabites, the Ammonites, and some of the Meunites, three pagan nations, God's enemies, right? Three pagan nations. They decide to unite and go to war against Jehoshaphat. Now, I don't know how big their armies were, but the Bible says it was a vast army. It was a great multitude. So this was a big, bad army, and it was three different pagan nations coming together, and they're coming after Jehoshaphat. Now, maybe Jehoshaphat could have defeated them one at a time, but all three together was pretty intimidating. might be like Charleston taking on Nashville. You know, maybe Charleston could handle Calhoun and get down and dirty with Delano or Riceville or Decatur, but Nashville? That'd be intimidating. So when King Jay hears about this plan, he's upset. He's getting really nervous. The Bible says he was alarmed with this news, and he sought the Lord for guidance. Good move, Jehoshaphat. Great move. Good advice for us. When we're alarmed by something, seek the Lord for guidance. And he proclaimed a fast for the whole kingdom of Judah. And this wasn't like our first fruits fast where some of us participated. This was the whole nation. A fast for all Judah. All the people of Judah that came together. That's what you call unity. There's power in unity. They all came together to seek help from the Lord. And the king stands up in front of everyone at the temple and he calls out to God with all these people listening. He says, oh, Lord, God of our ancestors, 
You alone are the God who is in heaven. You are ruler over all the kingdoms on earth. You are powerful and mighty, and no one can stand against you. That's what we just sang in that Josh Baldwin song, right? Almighty fortress, you go before us. You win every battle. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. And that's what Jehoshaphat is saying here. You are powerful and mighty, and no one can stand against you. And he kept praying and acknowledging that only God could save this nation from this attack. And he was seeking God's favor because his people were God's people. He praised God. He took comfort in his promises. And he focused on God's power, not his own. And that took humility for a king to do that. That took wisdom, too. And that's good advice for all of us. Focus on God's power, not our own. And then Jehoshaphat tells God, do you see what the armies of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir are planning to do? He's complaining to God. You wouldn't let our ancestors wipe them out when they had the chance, and now see how they repay us. They're coming to throw us out of your land, land that you gave us as an inheritance. Oh, God, our God, won't you stop them? They're complaining, saying, God, you, you let this happen. We had a chance. Our ancestors could have taken care of them. But no, and now they're coming after us. Says, We're powerless against this mighty army that's about to attack us. Listen to this. He tells God, we do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. We don't know what to do, God, but our eyes are on you. So the king prayed, and he had faith that God had a plan. God did have a plan, unlike anything they would have come up with. And God answers him by choosing a Levite. I think his name was Jehaziel. Jehaziel. And this guy gives Jehoshaphat and all the people listening a very clear message from the Lord. He stands up. He says, don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this big army coming to do battle with you, for the battle is not yours, but God's. You hear that? The battle is not yours, but God's. I think somebody here needs to be reminded of that this morning. For the battle is not yours. It's God's. We may be trying to fight some battles we weren't meant to fight. And by doing so, we may be getting in God's way Okay, here comes his instructions. Pay attention to how specific and detailed they are. Let's look at 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 16 and 17. Look how specific this is. Tomorrow, march down against them. God already knows where they're coming. They'll be climbing up by the pass of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jeruel. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. They must have been amazed when they heard him say, you will not have to fight this battle. Thinking, what? There's three armies coming after us. I mean, look how specific that is. You will not have to fight this battle. Just take up your positions. Stand firm. Don't panic. Stand firm. See the deliverance the Lord will give you. And he reminds them again, don't be afraid. Don't get discouraged. This Levite's telling them, God's saying, God's got this, okay? 
Look how the king responds to this word from the Lord in verse 18 and 19. Jehoshaphat bowed with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down in worship before the Lord. Then some Levites from the Korathites and the Korahites stood up and praised the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. What's Jehoshaphat's response to this word of promise? Worship. Not fear. Not panic. Worship. He falls on his face to worship God, and all the people fall down and worship too. And while everyone is on their face worshiping, some of the Levites stand up. They begin praising the Lord with a very loud voice. One translation says, at the top of their lungs. These guys were just letting it rip. They were praising God at the top of their lungs. All right. It's showtime. Look at verse 20. Early in the morning, they left for the desert of Tekoa. As they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and he said, Listen to me, Judah and people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets and you will be successful. Notice they didn't procrastinate and try to delay this and put it off for a couple days to think it over. Early in the morning, they left. And the king tells them, have faith in the Lord. Have faith in his prophets. And everything will be well. You'll be upheld. You'll succeed. Look at verse 21. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out at the head of the army saying, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. Do you see that? He appoints these guys to sing and praise God and went out at the head of the army. They were in the back somewhere. They were up front. You say, they might think, say what? This is his frontline troops. He doesn't pick his green berets or his army rangers or his navy seals. He picks the long-haired worship leaders with the piercings and the tattoos and the skinny jeans, and he says, you guys, front and center, you're leading this. And they go, whoa, Muhammad, 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 what? Yeah, you're going to sing this chorus. Give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. You got it? Let's hear it. Give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. And you think, what kind of military strategy is this? Can you imagine the top guys in the Pentagon Deciding the best way to defeat ISIS or Hamas or the Taliban would be to send out some worship bands. Yeah, it might work, actually. But, or the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir in front of the special forces and praise the Lord, because that's basically what happened here. Jehoshaphat and all the people of Judah called on God. They believed on him. They obeyed this crazy plan. They sang praises to him in advance. And it was at that very moment, God did what he said he would do. Is anything too difficult for the Lord? Everything's possible for those who believe in the God of the impossible, right? Because this sounds like, this is stupid, this is crazy, this doesn't make any sense. Hey, listen, people of joy, this is for us. When God tells us the battle is his, and not to be afraid, 
Not to get discouraged, but the victories in the bag, the way we should face our situation is also with songs of thanks, giving thanks to the Lord. Even though the victory belongs to God, our part through which God gives the victory is through worshiping him, by believing in him, not panicking and freaking out. Give thanks to the Lord. For his love endures forever. I don't know how this is going to play out, God, but I'm going to thank you and I'm going to praise you. Now, here's where it gets really crazy. Look at this. Verse 22 and 23. As they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. The men of Ammon and Moab rose up against the men from Mount Seir. Now, all three of these are together. And two of them attacked the third to destroy and annihilate them. After they finished slaughtering the men from Seir, they helped to destroy one another. What in the world? <laughs> Here's three pagan armies united coming after King Jehoshaphat. But I love where it says the Lord set ambushes. The Lord set ambushes as they began to sing. Once they started praising, boom. And confusion set in with these pagan nations, these pagan armies. And two of them turn on one, and then they turn on each other. All right, look at verse 24 and 25. When the men of Judah came to the place that overlooks the desert and looked toward the vast army. Now, don't you imagine they get the worship guys up front. And they're going to where God told them where to go. And they know there's three armies coming after them. And I'm sure they're getting a little nervous. Give thanks to the Lord. His love endures forever. Keep singing, guys. Keep singing. We're getting there. So they get there. I don't know what they're expecting. It sure wasn't this. They saw only dead bodies laying on the ground. No one escaped. So Jehoshaphat and his men went to carry off their plunder, and they found among them a great amount of equipment and clothing and also articles of value. More than they could take away. Isn't it like God give you more than enough? There was so much plunder that it took three days to collect it. What a story. The Lord sets these ambushes against these three enemies of Judah. And they were so confused as to who was who and who was against them, who was for them. They wipe each other out. No one survived. No one escaped. And just like the Lord said, you will not have to fight this battle, right? You will not have to fight this battle. And they got all the plunder. Don't you love that word, plunder? <laughs> we got all the plunder, all the good stuff. They got it all. God didn't just spare them. He gave them all their goods, too. There was so much stuff, it took them three days to collect it all. They won. They won. But in leaving... The battle scene, they didn't forget to thank God for his mercy and grace toward them. It says they all got together to praise him for the victory. Look at verse 26 through 28. On the fourth day, they assembled in the valley of Barakah, where they praised the Lord. This is why it is called the valley of Barakah to this day. Then led by Jehoshaphat, all the men of Judah and Jerusalem returned joyfully to Jerusalem, for the Lord had given them cause to rejoice over their enemies. 
They entered Jerusalem and went to the temple of the Lord with harps and lutes and trumpets. The Valley of Barakah. Barakah means blessing. So they called it the Valley of Blessing. And it's, so it's still called that. So they go back to Jerusalem. They go to the temple with their harps and their lutes and their trumpets. Took all the musical instruments to the temple. I believe they were going to have a worship concert celebrating this miraculous victory the Lord gave them. So, that's a great story and all, but what can we learn from this, right? Maybe before we consider throwing the first punch, scrapping with somebody, getting in someone's face, before we panic, before we fear, before we post some rant on Instagram or Facebook, we should first spend time praising God, whatever the situation. If I don't feel like praising Him, well doesn't say whether you feel like it or not, because those are the times the devil is working because he doesn't want us praising him. Maybe we should turn our complaints into praise and then see what God will do. He's faithful, right? He's faithful. Maybe like the people of Judah, we should praise the Lord for defeating our enemy before the battle ever gets started. We don't always think to do that. I know I don't. Maybe we should thank God for loving us enough to fight our battles for us. Hmm. But we need to know what our role is in the battles we face. Even though he says you won't have to fight this battle, that doesn't mean we sit back with our feet up waiting for the victory. We need to obey him, right? They had to do what the, the Lord told them to do through that guy. See, God can't defeat our enemy if we keep getting in his way and trying to do his job for him, right? Well, God, you're too slow, so I'm going to take care of this myself. Seldom works out well. Maybe sometimes, but even then, it's only by his grace. He can do a much better job at defeating our enemy than we can. And he may have methods of doing it that don't make a bit of sense to us, like this one. So let's ask him. Ask him if there's anything we should be doing differently, right? Is there anything we're doing we should be doing differently? Let's ask God to show us if... If we should speak, or, or, or we should act, or, or we should just wait and wait and wait. But when it's time to speak, we need to speak. When it's time to act, we need to act. But we need to obey him and not just this flesh that wants to get even or take care of this or do this. Sometimes we just need to wait and let, let him handle things. You know, there have been times, and maybe this has happened to you, where, and if you notice how God never interrupts us when it's convenient for us, never convenient for us. And, and sometimes somebody will, will say, well, so-and-so is there, they're here, there, and it's like, oh, man, I wish I had the time to go. And I'm thinking, well, what, what would be more important if I feel God wants me to do that? And I'll, I'll, I'll wrestle with it a little bit to tell you the truth. It's like, oh, man, it's, it's, it's midnight and it's cold and all, all these excuses. And say, okay, I'm going to do it. And you get ready to go do it after you've already said, okay, I'm, I'm going to do it. And the phone rings and says, hey, uh, car started or it got taken care of. You don't have to come. It's just that willingness sometimes he's looking for. Are you willing to do this? Are you willing to inconvenience yourself to help somebody else? Because if you show me that willingness, sometimes I'll take care of it. You won't have to, you won't have to move. Has that ever happened to you? It's happened to me several times. I don't know if it's because I'm still too reluctant to, to, to respond initially, 
but it's so much that's happened. And Bobby's the same thing. She'll say, wow, look how God took care of that. But we had to be willing. That's, I think, the key to a lot of this here. These people had to be willing to obey that crazy idea to put a worship team in front of the soldiers. Who would think of that? God, that's who. And it worked. So maybe we should be thanking him for loving us enough to fight our battles for us. So let's ask him to show us if we should speak or act or just wait and pray and worship him. But he says, get in position, right? So we need to get in the right position before God. And that may, that may be standing in praise and worship. That may be face down praying and worshiping on our knees. That may be just be sitting there biting your tongue. Let's find out what our position needs to be while he defeats the enemy for us. He says, don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. Battle's not yours. It's mine. I've got this. I know what I'm doing. All right? He's telling us, maybe he's telling us this morning, you take up your position, wherever that is. You take up your position. You stand firm. You do what I'm telling you to do. You obey me and then watch. Just watch and see the deliverance I will give you. And those aren't my words. Those are God's words. Let's remember, the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not weapons of this world. But our weapons are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. They have divine power to demolish strongholds. That's where our worship is our warfare. Our weapon is a melody. And sometimes it takes more than just singing and praising, but he'll show us. I hope you believe that because that's God's word, not Bob's. That's God's word. See, the most powerful posture we can have in spiritual warfare and the battles we face isn't with our fists clenched, ready to go at it. It's on our knees with, with our hands raised, amen? We don't know what to do, Lord, but our eyes are on you. And that's what we need to do. So Chris is going to play some music and, and we're going to pray. And I'm just going to invite you, you don't have to do this. If you feel compelled to do it, by all means, um, to do what they did, to kneel, to kneel and pray, and, and, and then we'll close and we'll go home. But I invite you to, to pray, but I'm just going to do what Jehoshaphat did, and not expecting God to do the same thing, but, but that's when we, we surrender to him and we obey him. So, so that'll be our, our time for our closing prayer. If you want to kneel up here where you are, get out in the aisle, or just sit where you are, but we're going to pray now.